Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. We like to drink beer. A lot of it. After a long night of drinking and talking crime and conspiracies, there's nothing that wakes us up and gets us ready to start the day better than just brew coffee. With a great selection of roast levels to choose from, you're guaranteed to find one that suits your style. Small batch roasted to highlight the unique features of each coffee bean, Just Brew Coffee caters to both casual and hardcore coffee drinkers alike. Since 2010, Just Brew Coffee has worked tirelessly to perfect the roasting process and technique, which has resulted in seriously delicious, always flavorful, and never bitter tasting coffee. If you're already drinking JBC, raise your mug. If you're not, raise your standards. Check them out in social media and remember, they roast, you just brew. Check out their new online store at youjustbrew.com and up your coffee game today. Use code NECRO15 to receive 15% off your order of two pounds or more. The Bell Witch sure is a bitch. Picking on a Tennessean family for over 11 years, making their lives a living hell. Today's story focuses on the Bell Witch and the strange hauntings and interactions she had with the Bell family and visitors to their home. She promised to bring death to the family. Did she follow through? We'll also discuss 12-year-olds marrying and the future president that was also paid a visit by the Bell Witch. I'm Mike. I'm Ian. And I'm Dave. If you thought Jack Daniels was the most famous spirit from Tennessee, stick around. This bewitching tale of terror just might change your mind. This is Necronomapod. Well, the case involves an early pioneer family in northern middle Tennessee who experienced some type of visitation from an entity that they could not see but hear. And it began with raps on the walls outside the house, then spread into the house with the sounds of chains being dragged across the floor, stones being dropped on the roof, and it just went downhill from there. The children complained of their bed covers being pulled back, and by the winter of 1817, the children were even being slapped. All right, so we're uh, back at it after a, what, two, two straight episodes of Serial Killers. We're mixing things up a little bit here. We haven't uh, quite tiptoed into the spooky in a little while. When was the last episode we did that was ghostly? Gosh, I don't know. And uh, oh, the, well, who was the dude? Kyle Odom. No, uh, he just thought no, aliens. He were was aliens. Him off. The dude, um, the the exorcism, Michael Taylor. Oh yeah, the, oh, that was way back. The, yeah. Like the ninety-eight year old man who Ian claims was thirty-one <laughs> in that picture. He yeah. tore his wife's whole face apart. Yeah, and tore the poodle apart. Oh yeah, the poodle. Yeah, because mm-hmm. that that girl that aspiring cult leader wouldn't fuck him. Yeah, That's right. the, the cute cult leader. Yeah. Well, if you haven't heard the exorcism of Michael Taylor, <laughs> go back and check that episode out because that was a that was a hoot. And today we're back at it. Yeah. A little creepy ghost stories today. Right. Back in the world of the spooky. 
Well, let's just jump right in. All right. <laughs> so in the early 1800s, John Bell Sr. and his wife Lucy relocated the family from North Carolina to the Red River area of Tennessee, which would later become Adams, Tennessee. So it's like northwest of Nashville, pretty close to the Kentucky line. Okay. John bought a large house, and over the years, he continued to purchase land until he owned a total of 328 acres. I feel like that's a lot for back then. Pretty good-sized farm, right? I think he's doing all right. Sure. How many acres did you have back then, Dave? (laughs) I had 40 (laughs) acres and a mule they gave him away. (laughs) We were moving westward across this great land of ours, (laughs) Manifest Destiny. (laughs) He used most. Well said. (laughs) Me and Daniel Boone out on the frontier. <laughs> it was awesome. You weren't you were out there with Lewis and Clark. <laughs> he used most of this land to plant crops and was made an elder of the Red River Baptist Church. Sounds great. Sounds pretty important. Elder. I mean, come on. <laughs> so the haunting began sometime in 1817 when John Bell Sr. was out hunting on his property. John saw a creature sitting between in between two rows of corn. And at first he thought it was a dog, but as he got closer to it, he said it looked like it looked like it had the body of a dog with the head of a rabbit and was very large. That <laughs> sounds fucking creepy. Yeah. Sounds like vaguely satanic. Yeah. You know, those anamorphic kind of creatures. Yeah. And isn't that a little bit Mothman esque with what people saw? Or am I mixing that up? It, it, this is this haunting kind of starts a lot um, similar to how um, Skinwalker Ranch started. Okay. Because with what they saw, Tom Gorman saw the huge wolf. That's right. And as soon as he saw it, then shit just got wild after that. Yeah. If you ever see a creepy looking animal, just know shit's gonna get worse from there. <laughs> just like Tom Gorman, he fired a shot at the creature, but it just vanished into thin air. Um, said he was startled by the encounter but he just kind of shrugged it off and went about his business oh well it happens yeah well the other thing too when i was reading stuff on this is like a lot of these areas this was like new area for a lot of people so they saw animals sometimes that they weren't used to seeing in some of these places they just thought the dog with the rabbit head they're like oh that just lives here (laughs) so we got to get used to those makes sense i guess yeah because it's out on the frontier right right well, because, and then back in the, I mean, I know the Jersey Devil was. Maybe that's what I was thinking of, the Jersey Devil. Yeah, that was just a clusterfuck of. Of, like, the different animal parts. <laughs> yeah. 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 But, like, I, I can't remember what year it was. It was after this where they put the Jersey Devil in a, uh, one of those sideshow things. But then remember they used a kangaroo. And, every, like, and everybody's like, like we've never seen a fucking kangaroo right. before, so they didn't know any better. That would be creepy. If you had never seen a kangaroo before, and then you see that fucking Nick Diaz-looking thing coming at you. <laughs> well, kangaroos come from that penal colony, uh, Australia, oh, right? Boy. You're not making friends again. You <laughs> The land off. of convicts and you kangaroos. Pissed, you pissed off a whole <laughs> continent with that comment. Look, Australia derived as a, uh, from convicts from England. Is that not correct? I know them today to be very fine, upstanding people. <laughs> Not saying I don't love them today, but history's history. It was Come a penal colony. Have you ever seen Crocodile Dundee? They're swell <laughs> individuals. <laughs> That's a knife. That's not a knife. <laughs> Crocodile Dave. Good day. I think he just left. That was him saying bye. <laughs> That's not a knife. Am I close here? 
That's a hard accent for me. Is that a line from the movie? Yeah. I, I don't remember that movie very Some, well. No, Probably. Somebody, mm-hmm. the guy with the big knife, tries to rob him. And he pulls out a, his own much larger knife. <laughs> this is a knife. <laughs> I think you got the accent down. Around the same time, his son Drew and daughter Betsy also claimed to have seen strange animals on their property, um, like abnormally large birds and more of a... Uh, like this, Big Bird? Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, <laughs> could be. Can you imagine if you fucking saw a Big Bird? Back and just walking out enough? on the frontier? Yeah. <laughs> that would be terrifying. <laughs> That'd be terrifying. It's like an acid nightmare. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> like the face doesn't move. It's just constantly smiling and big eyes looking at you. You take that Remember the movie The Witch? You take that and replace the goat and like uh, Photoshop <laughs> in Big Bird walking around. Let's see if the movie's scary still. <laughs> what was that puppet movie we talked about watching? Oh, God. That you showed us the trailer oh, for? Oh, yeah. Maybe? The... Uh... Something that was for- like the first movie of uh, what's his name, the guy that did Lord of the Rings, <laughs> which is ridiculous. <laughs> the guy did that. The somethings, the weeble, it's not the weebles, yeah, it was the, something like that. Yeah, yeah, something like that. One day for Patreon, the feebles. meet the feebles <laughs> for those Patreon. We'll meet the feebles. Watch along for that because that just looked ridiculous. Oh yeah, <laughs> but like we were saying, they just put they were, when they saw this big birds and stuff and the dog, they just chalked it up to they're new to the area and they were animals that they never saw they they had never seen before around the same time as seeing the strange animals betsy said she saw a woman walking through the property when betsy caught up to this woman tried to speak to her the woman just vanished into into thin air well that's scary i guess that would be spooky again very skinwalker-esque yeah the the family started to hear sounds outside of the cabin at night they reported hearing sounds like something that was on the roof and was knocking from the outside. They couldn't figure out what was making the sounds, but soon after, the phenomenon made its way inside their cabin. It started off small with what they described as hearing a rat gnawing on bedposts. That would fucking terrify me <laughs> more than a goddamn knocking. Ugh. If there was a rat under my bed gnawing at the bed. Different times, I guess. Plus, just being out in the, on hundreds of acres all by yourself makes it a hundred times scarier. Yeah. Nothing around. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. They would light, it said they would light a candle to look for a rat, but there was nothing there and no signs of damage. That stresses me out, too, not being able just to flick on a light. You got to look for a fucking candle to light, pitch yeah, dark. Yeah. And well, couldn't, they just there? Use, couldn't they just use the flashlight setting on their iPhones? <laughs> Oh, because they couldn't charge them because there was no electricity. (laughs) So as this continued to happen every night, the family started to communicate with whatever was going on. They found that when asking pretty basic questions, they would receive answers from the knocks, like one knock for yes, two knocks for no. And like with all poltergeist hauntings, communicating with the energy or, or whatever it is would theoretically just make it stronger over over time, that's kind of what seems to go on in this story. According to who? Like, what do you just, mean? like poltergeist stuff? Yeah. Like when you say it makes them stronger over time. It just seems like that's from all that's like the norm for these yeah. cases. Like um, the Enfield poltergeist, you know, as they kept interacting with it, it got okay. stronger over time. And like then you're it, lending credence to it and it's. Yeah. And you're right. feeding the. All right. Yeah. It's kind of the same thing as the same idea of a Talpa. Mm-hmm. Like the men in black could have potentially been a talpa and people being scared, you're feeding 
feeding the talpa so it gets stronger. Don't feed the talpas, Dave. <laughs> Remember that one show we did on that like that experiment up in Canada and they created that tulpa yeah. they wrote the backstory like that stuff was nuts that's the same thing yeah, yeah. Uh, the philip experiment we the philip experiment yeah yeah it's a good thing we're not doing a trivia against mike tonight because <laughs> i have no recollection of that <laughs> i cannot was wait that to do trivia against mike <laughs> well you don't get to i get to write the questions oh, yeah the zozo one <laughs> Remember we talked about how they made up their own ghost. They wanted to see if they could That's get it right. stronger. Okay. And there's a video of the table fucking rolling around the room and shit. <laughs> yes. It was nuts. I forgot about the whole Zozo episode. I might have to go back and listen to that one in the archives. Yeah. So That's like, be- and I'm also going to listen to Betty and Barney Hill and Art Art uh, Bell. <laughs> you better listen to all of them because they're going to be trivia questions. <laughs> yeah, do your homework. <laughs> Other, uh, we had listeners message us that they were going back to listen to study up so they could whoop on me in the trivia. Well, delete the episode and then re-download it so we get counted twice if you're going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Need the downloads. <laughs> we still can't make the fucking Apple charts. Yeah. Source subject for Ian. <laughs> so as time went on, this energy would uh, eventually gain a voice. This disembodied voice started faint, like kind of raspy, like almost like a whisper, but they couldn't understand what it was saying. I'm the village. As they continued to ask questions through knocks and encourage this voice to talk, to talk clearer, uh, one night they decided to ask it a more specific question, and they said, "Who are you, and what do you want?" And the voice replied, still faint, but strong enough so they could understand. I am a spirit. I was once very happy, but have been disturbed. I think that witch used to smoke. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I like so that. is it supposed to be a woman's voice? Yeah. Like they clearly understood it as a woman? Yeah, that it was okay. a woman, yeah. If it was a man, wouldn't it have been a warlock? That's what I was going to say. A warlock. <laughs> Isn't that what the what's a male witch? A warlock. Oh, is it really? Yeah. I don't know. So if it's a, a raspy woman, like I picture it from, do uh, you remember Throw Mama from the Train? I didn't understand a word you just you said. Guys. Yeah. The Danny DeVito movie, <laughs> Throw Mama from the Train. I've not seen that. All right, never mind then. I picture with the voice you just did now, um, Marge Simpson's sisters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The smoking. And the- Homer. Yeah. <laughs> it's like uh, Annalise, but like. More smoker and more human, and not so much demonic. All right. We can live with that. Yeah. That's how what I've built in my head. Sure. <laughs> Maybe you can try your Wizard of Oz witch at the next time. It's uh, time to read one. We're just going to keep switching off here. <laughs> um, be very consistent with the storyline, but we'll give it a shot. So things continue to escalate with this energy, now being able to uh, physically interact with people and objects. John's children started having their hair pulled, being pinched, and the covers being pulled off their beds while they were sleeping. And it was all by just some invisible mm. force. How the fuck do you even go to sleep with shit like that going on? That's what yeah. I was thinking throughout reading all of this and the story is, how are people going to sleep? Well, everything that I read that they were they were scared. Like all the accounts said that they were super scared yeah, by I mean, those. I guess you're going to fall asleep at some point if you're tired enough and you're staying up long enough. Yeah. I just don't know how you can live in terror like that. There probably wasn't many options to just go move back then either. Yeah, you're right. What are you going to do? So the family was scared and not getting much sleep, but for about a year, John kept this whole thing a secret. A year. In fear of being ridic- ridiculed by the community. 
Um, once the activity was able to interact physically with the family, John decided that that was it. It was time to ask for uh, for help from someone because he wanted it to stop. Did he call that old lady from Poltergeist? No. no. <laughs> I'm assuming he called the Ghostbusters, right? <laughs> he called Peter Venkman. And, uh, yeah. No, he called those two, uh, the, the, the husband and wife couple that were like chasing all the ghost oh. stories. The ones you don't like. <laughs> God damn it. What's their name? I can't. I don't. That's why I didn't say their name. I didn't remember. The Warrens. Yeah. Ed and Lorraine Ed. Warren. Yeah. He called Lorraine. Ed and Lorraine Warren. Fucking crooks. <laughs> They'd have been all over this, though. Oh, yeah, for sure. They'd and have been with like, a little tent in the front yard. Not the hot Vera Farmiga uh, <laughs> no. Warren lady, the real one. <laughs> Seriously, they, they would have. They did uh, some casting there. <laughs> they would have claimed it for themselves and then sold it to Warner Brothers. And <laughs> John decided that the best place to start was uh, was to go to their good friends James, James and Jane Johnston. The Bells confided confided in them and told them to come over and spend a night in their cabin so they could experience what was going on for themselves. When the Johnstons came over the next night, the activity started as soon as all the candles in the cabin were blown out. Um, they heard the knocking sounds, experienced the sheets being pulled off the beds, and, and heard the disembodied voice. James Johnston told John that he had no idea what to do about the problem, but that John should not hide this haunting from anyone else so they could possibly find someone to help. And this, when he came public with this, this started people from all over coming to to see the, the Bell Witch for themselves. So it seems like there's tons of corroborating eyewitness accounts for this thing. Like, more than yeah. any other story. Yeah, there's tons of people that came to see it. Yeah. So maybe these people weren't that far off into, like, the wilderness by themselves if all of these people were able to just come readily come visit them. Yeah, I mean... Well, maybe yeah, they weren't they, as secluded as we were making it out to be, and they, they could be. They could have just packed up shop and moved in town to a hotel or, you know, whatever, and built something new or, you know, what, I don't know what they're... Maybe financially they had to just stay there, but... They had it all tied up in the land and... Right. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how all that works back then. Yeah. I just meant, you know, maybe they're not as secluded as we thought if all these people are just able right. to come out and see them. Yeah, yeah, I'm picturing it like out in the wilderness. Maybe that's not accurate. Well, as we're about to get to, though, some people had to travel, right? Yeah. Pretty far to get to them. So among these visitors was Andrew Jackson, who was a major general during uh, the War of 1812. His victory at... At New Orleans made him the greatest military hero since George Washington. Um, he ser- At this time, he served as a territorial governor and then as a senator representing Tennessee from 1823 to 1825. Um, he was also elected the seventh president of the United States in 1828. Fun fact about um, Andrew Jackson, 1824 election was the first time ever that the winner of the election did not win the popular vote. John mm. Quincy Adams. Yeah. Andrew Jackson won the popular vote but, but did not win and they pulled some there strings was, there behind was the politics scene, right? involved yeah. and Quincy Adams got in and Andrew Jackson was so pissed that for the next 4 years straight he just campaigned. That's why he left his Senate seat and campaigned from 24 to 28 and then won in 28. And the 28 campaign was with just uh where they started all the back and forth with the with the mud slinging and stories about his wife and all like really nasty. Was that the first time that kind of stuff was I used? Think it was. Well, and yeah. I think yeah, because he's I mean he was just he was livid. Total war and it, yeah, 
it's like every campaign that happens now, we always say, well, it's the worst one. This is the worst yeah. they've got. This is the worst. I'm pretty sure back then, these motherfuckers would have just shot each other if they really wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, Andrew Jackson's here. So <laughs> we won't talk about the Trail of Tears. After he, uh, so after he heard about the Bell Witch, he wanted to see it for himself. So he gathered a group of guys and, and traveled. And according to legend... As they got close to the Bell Farm, their one of their wagons got stuck, but it wasn't in the mud. It just seemed like it was just like halted by a by an unseen force. Jackson's men then checked the wagon wheels for damage, but they couldn't find anything. They whipped their horses, but they refused to budge. The men tried to push it, and that didn't work either. So frustrated, Jackson then exclaimed, "By the eternal, boys! This is the witch." To which the uh, what does the, that even mean? Uh, By the eternal, like <laughs> I, I do declare. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it means like for sure. I guess. Yeah. Totally. Uh-uh. And to this, the disembodied female female voice replied, <laughs> "All right, General, let the wagon move. I'll see you tonight." <laughs> That's what I got. Let's go with that one. <laughs> So after the witch said that, the uh, the wagon was then freed and the party was able to continue on their journey. Fandrew Jackson was there. It was a party. <laughs> that night, they uh, they set up camp and listened to a man who was a self-proclaimed uh, witch slayer or witch hunter. And he told the group stories of how he had hunted and then shot other witches. And according to the legend, Andrew Jackson leaned over and whispered to one of his men, one of his men. I bet this fellow is an errant coward by the eternal. I do wish the thing would come. I want to see him run. (laughs) That's badass. (laughs) I'm going to start using by the eternal (laughs) by the eternal. I do need another. Does it mean like by God? Is that what it means? It's kind of maybe that must be what it is. Maybe I tried googling it. I can't find mm. it. If you can't find it on Google, I'm not Is sure it, like it ever existed. For God, the Eternal. Mm, it kind of sounds like it would make sense. Makes sense. So suddenly, the uh, the group heard light scratching sounds. At the same time, the female voice from earlier said, "Is it me again, or you want to <laughs> give it a shot? You want to go back and forth? What do you yeah, want to do? Go ahead. Go your turn. We'll do dueling uh, witches. All right, General. I am at hand and ready for business." The voice then demanded the witch hunter shoot, but when he tried his when he tried to fire his gun, it, it didn't work. His gun was then struck by an unseen force. As he twisted around, he shouted that something was sticking painful pins into him, and then he yelled out something had him by the nose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This sounds like a Three Stooges <laughs> it episode. Really does. It's like dry. Can you imagine the guy just like running? You can't see anything, but he's getting pulled by his nose. Oh, wise guy, witch hunter, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's too bad the witch wasn't a Native American. Then Andy Jackson could have just slaughtered it right there on the spot, right? He would have. He'd have done it. So, so as this man ran away, the witch, uh, the witch chimed in again. How the devil did run and beg! <laughs> I bet he won't come through here again with his old horse pistol to shoot me. I think I declare you the winner in the witch off. You can take it from here on out. That's not easy to do. I like your witch voice. (laughs) The group then heard. 
I guess that's fun enough for tonight, General. And you can go to bed now. I will come tomorrow night and show you another rascal in this crowd. <laughs> it's said that after this, Jackson wanted to stay, but but his men were too scared. So, so he agreed to leave and they went back to Nashville. So they never even made it to the farm or to their cabin, whatever. They just, the witch stopped them there. God, if they were, if he would have stayed, maybe, uh, maybe no seventh president, Andrew Jackson. Quincy Adams wins again. Boom. The course of America has changed forever. Could be. Yep. So back at the bell cabin, the witch started to state who it was there for. It said old Jack, which is what it called John Bell. And said it would eventually kill him before leaving. It also had it out for John's daughter, Betsy, who was starting to become the main focus of the physical attacks. They couldn't figure out why this entity would be after John and Betsy specifically, because there was nothing necessarily. They didn't do anything in their in their lives or in the past or anything to bring up. Wouldn't bring about any uh, negative energy on them, or you know any bad karma they're just good people right they continue to ask this thing what it was what it was and and where it was from but then they asked how it was disturbed and why it was unhappy and it replied i am a spirit of a person who was buried in the woods nearby and the grave has been disturbed my bones disinterred and scattered one of my teeth was lost under the house and i am here looking for this Tooth. It's like the anti-tooth fairy. <laughs> that would be pretty freaky. That would be. I mean, just thinking. Of, I mean, it is pretty pretty spooky. It is. Just hear a voice telling you shit like that. So we think they're literally hearing this voice and it's discernible what this voice is saying. That's, what, that's crazy. That's what the story says. Because hmm. yeah, this one is just like, yeah, it's just like the voice is just producing itself out of thin air. But like in the... um. The Enfield poltergeist it seemed like it was coming out of uh, out of Janet, remember? Because they were mm-hmm. accusing her of fang- ventriloquism right. yes. and stuff like that. But they, none of them could look at her while she was making it. But she put water in her mouth and it was, was able to, yeah. to do it. Yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's interesting with this whole tooth thing because according to the accounts of this, when they were doing work around the property, one of the bellboys found some human bones and brought them into the house. And Get those it, fucking bones out of the house, dude. Bringing human remains in here. It was said that he dropped um, a jawbone from these remains and one of the teeth fell down into the floorboards. The jawbones connect to the floorboards. <laughs> Great, now I got human bone living under our house. <laughs> so... After they were told about the, after they were told about this from the entity about the tooth, they tried looking for it, but but couldn't find it. And I guess they were thinking if they could get that tooth out of there, then yeah. Do we know if it was done. a cuspid incisor? Do we have any of that mm-hmm. information? I don't even think they had the information of that back then. 
<laughs> this story could make sense, but this entity seemed to um, answer questions differently depending on who was asking the questions and would give you the impression of a poltergeist just trying to cause trouble and confusion. When a man named Reverend James Gunn asked what it was, it said, (laughs) I am the spirit of an early immigrant who brought a large sum of money and buried my treasure of safekeeping until needed. In the meanwhile, I died without divulging the secret, and I have returned in the spirit with the purpose of making known the hiding place. And I want Betsy Bell to have the money. <laughs> I didn't feel very witchy. Oh man, voice this is like a me. witch with multiple personality disorder. <laughs> the entity gave them the details on where to find the treasure and said it was at the back of John Bell's land or the back corner of John Bell's land. They decided to go out and search for this treasure, and they they worked all day digging, but uh, but never found anything. And when they came back to the cabin at night, this disembodied voice was laughing at them and, and detailing everything that they did throughout the day, looking for the treasure, like mocking them. <laughs> the, the witch is trolling them. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> you stupid fuckers! <laughs> I'd imagine something like that. <laughs> That's the best part of the story right here. <sighs> It's fucking great. Someone's mocking you. You can't even see them to like go swing at them or something. What are you, an idiot? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's funny. So so around this time, the entity claimed it was uh, Kate Batts' witch. And people just started gradually calling the entity Kate. Going through all the accounts and things... I think this was just another detail of this that this thing threw out just to cause confusion. Um, it just the name just stuck because people could now just give a name to it. So some of the documentary videos I was watching, some of the stories claim that John Bell was having an affair with Kate Batts, and the other ones mm. said that maybe he murdered Kate Batts. So there's and well, those the bones that some, the boy found. Yeah, that's interesting. So there's lots of theories out there. It's a whole big deal down in Adams, Tennessee. I mean, you can go on haunted tours and shit yeah. down there. So everyone's got all these different theories and stuff. She was married and or murdered and then buried. And Could then be. Her, her descendant, Billy Bats, was also murdered and buried. <laughs> Billy Bats. <laughs> Just shine my shoes. Get your shine kit. Just go home and get your fucking shine box. <laughs> That's great. So, like you were saying, I mean, Kate Batts was a real person that lived in the area. Um, and it said that she wasn't a common person for, or a common woman for the time. She was married to a man that was handicapped and unable to work. So she took over their family farm and did all the day to day, the day to day stuff. It makes sense, maybe, that she was getting dick from John Bell. <laughs> right? She wasn't getting it at home. She'd yeah. go get it somewhere else. So she was uncommon <laughs> just simply because she, she was running the show. Yeah. She was just an independent woman that it was said that have, she had a really good sense of humor. Um, and that was really all that was different about her. Yeah. Cause I think women probably never spoke out of turn back then, you know, and yeah. just kind of followed the lead of their husbands. So for her to run the house and be making jokes and being funny, 
Yeah. Which is uncommon. So back then, witches were uh, could be seen as two things. Um, a blanket term for people who were different, or a witch could be something that a person conjured up to do their bidding, like a talpa. So if you believe this story, this would be like the entity associating itself with Kate Batts based on the fact that it knew she was different and people would believe that she would be a witch. Um, and this isn't the only instance of the entity knowing things about the community. A lot of times when people would come to experience it, it would start talking about local gossip and tell these people things about him, about themselves. Just like the demons that possessed Annalise and they were talking all about the, the German priests from all over the country. That's right. Yep. They knew about all those things that they shouldn't have known. Yeah, she she had like the um the fuck do I wanna say? I don't know what I wanna say, but she had all those she had Hitler, uh didn't she, she had some have, heavy hitters and then this random fucking German priest that lived you know down the road from her. <laughs> down the it was further than down the road. It was like two hundred miles away. And back then, that was forever away. Uh-huh. Couldn't just, you know, put it up as their AOL instant messenger or whatever. <laughs> AOL. Whatever kids use these days. <laughs> so, aside from being insistent on eventually killing John Bell Sr., the entity started to make its mission to prevent Betsy Bell from marrying her longtime boyfriend, Joshua Gardner. Betsy and Joshua went to school together, and it sounded just like they were head over heels for each other. Um, right. and I, and then I, I had to keep in mind that they were only 11 and 12 years old at the time and the life expectancy wasn't great. So, so they started earlier. Yeah. Midlife crisis right about then. <laughs> People only lived to what, like 30 in their thirties. Yeah. What if you had to marry your girlfriend when you're, when you're 11 years old? You guys would still be married to Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair action figures, I think. Oh, wow. <laughs> this roast mode. Yeah, that's that's pretty accurate. Might have been Shawn Michaels by then. Now it's 12. The, the, what do you call them? What were the stuffed animals? The wrestling buddies. Yeah. The pillows. I'm pro- They're proving my point for me, fans. <laughs> I still got all those toys somewhere. <laughs> I do not have my Macho Man wrestling buddy anymore. I don't know if I have the wrestling buddies anymore. I think over the years the dogs ate all those, but all the action figures, I still got all those. I think they probably got soaked with too much semen and they <laughs> oh, had to be thrown away. It's more likely what happened. <laughs> Whatever, it still counts. <laughs> Step into a mic, Jizz. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Step into a mic, Jizz. <laughs> So also around this time, <laughs> trying to derail Betty's love life, uh, the entity just kept growing stronger. Not only did it seem to know everything that was going on around it, um, including things that it shouldn't know, but now it was able to mimic the voices of people that were speaking to it. All right, now it's really getting crazy. Yeah. With so many visitors coming to see it for themselves... Um, Naturally, people started to accuse Betsy of uh, ventriloquism. So then John Johnston, the son of James Johnston, came up with a plan to test Bet- to test Betsy. He asked the witch something that only the Johnston family would have known to try and trip up Betsy. And the question was, what would my Dutch step-grandmother, who lived back in North Carolina, say to the slaves when they didn't do work right? And the entity replied... Hut tut, what has happened now? So, 
They're, that's pretty specific, I, I I think. Yeah. In another instance of these tests, an Englishman showed up to try and debunk this thing. While he was talking to the Bells about his family from over in England, the entity started to mimic their voices. So this man stayed the night to investigate, and that night the entity woke him up to the voice to the voices of his own parents. The Englishman quickly left that morning and later wrote to the Bell family that the entity had visited his family in England and also apologized for his skepticism. It just gets crazier and crazier. Yeah. So now this thing. So can, now the witch is there overseas. Yep. Yeah. Did it take a ship over there? How did it get there? <laughs> did it fly on its broomstick? <laughs> Shortly after this, another man who was who was only recorded as being named Detective Williams showed up to try and debunk the case. The detective didn't believe in the paranormal at all and thought for sure that he would be able to figure it out. John Sr. allowed him to stay at their cabin, and after a day of nothing happening, this Detective Williams started to get frustrated and accused the Bells of lying and it sounded like he was being a real dickhead about it. And John Sr. was getting to the point of throwing him out. And as he was getting ready to throw him out, the, the entity spoke up and said, No, you don't, old Jack. Let him stay. I will attend to this gentleman and satisfy that he is not as smart as he thinks. That's a super creepy. That would be super creepy. Yeah, dude. So well, imagine, yeah, if you're that invest, the, the, that detective, yeah. and there's been nothing happening. All of a sudden, that voice comes out. You're sitting there talking shit out of nowhere, that. just yeah. out of thin air. Right, tells you you're not as smart as, or it's going to show you you're not as smart as you think. Like know, I'm well, you just did. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm opening the door, and getting the fuck out. <laughs> See ya. So this uh, this detective decided to, to stay another night, and when they all went to sleep, he woke up to being held down by an unseen force. It said that the entity started attacking him, leaving scratches and red marks on him as he was yelling out for help. John Sr. came in to help him, and the detective sat up with with a candle lit the rest of the night being taunted by the entity, asking him stuff like uh, if he was happy how his investigation had turned out. And as soon as the sun came up, he just he was out of there. This much loves talking shit. Yeah. Such a troll. Right? (laughs) Like we were saying before, um, the witch said it was going to kill John Sr. eventually. Um, He fell ill sometime in December of 1820, and he just continued to get worse. For a while, he was able to do... All he was able to do was just get out of bed and make breakfast for the family. He was being attended to by a man named Dr. Hobson, who would bring him vials of medicine to heal him. I was just trying to think of that, like what the medicine would... Like mercury or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like some shit that would just make him worse. Yeah. Cocaine, heroin mixed with mercury. <laughs> fucking quacks back then. Um, after every time John Sr. was given medicine, the witch would say, That is of no use. I'm going to kill him. I keep thinking I'm done with this witch voice and he keeps coming back. <laughs> um, on December 19th, 1820, John Sr. couldn't make it out of bed even to make breakfast at that point. When one of his sons went over to the vials of medicine that Dr. Hobson had left, he found they were gone and all that was left was one vial of a smoky brown liquid. <laughs> hmm. They had no idea what this stuff was. So they tested it out on their cat. 
the <laughs> the cat got sick and and died pretty quick after being given the liquid. They slayed that pussy. <laughs> As they were trying to make sense of what was going on, the witch said, He will never get up! I did it! And uh, John Sr. never got up again and shortly uh, shortly after died. Damn, that witch was right. Yep. I think the worst trolling of all is right here. Oh, yeah. So, at John Bell Sr.'s funeral, it was one of the largest ever held in Robertson County, Tennessee. As the family and friends began leaving the graveyard, the witch just... Uh, the witch laughed loudly and began singing a song about a bottle of brandy. <laughs> and according to to legend, that the she didn't stop singing until every last person left the graveyard. So Jesus. it's the largest funeral in that whole area, and every one of these people heard this witch singing at the funeral out of nowhere. That's what the legend says. <laughs> well, in all fairness, it's still probably like sixteen people. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I mean, let's be realistic here. It was their friends, the Johnstons, and yeah, right. a couple other families. Yeah. Can't believe how many people turned out. Andrew Jackson sure wasn't coming back for mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. So with the witch now claiming to have killed John Sr., the family took its threats a little more serious. <laughs> now they're taking it serious. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Throughout the whole haunting, the uh, the witch insisted that, that uh, Betsy not... Insisted on Betsy not marrying Joshua Gardner... So in April of 1821, Betsy broke off her engagement to Do- to Joshua, and the witch just kind of eased up on on tormenting her. She's like, "Yeah, I'm 11. I'm not marrying you. <laughs> I don't want to go with you anymore." <laughs> and then the witch is like, "All right, good. Moving on." Yeah, I don't know. I don't understand what was so important about this Joshua Gardner guy. I couldn't find anything. He must have been a real bad seed. Something. I don't know. I don't think he had any seed yet. <laughs> No, no, he planted them all. He was a gardener. <laughs> you know who would have been okay with this arrangement was uh, David Berg. This is what he was talking oh, yeah. about in the Mo Letters, man. Oh, he loved this sort of thing. <laughs> he cited this kind of shit just to Biblical, Biblical yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So also in April of 1821, the entity visited uh, John's widow, Lucy, and told her it would return again in seven years. The witch is said to have returned in 1828 as promised. Most of its visit centered around John Bell Jr., where the witch discussed things like the meaning of life, (laughs) (laughs) civilizations. Uh, The voice out of nowhere is discussing the meaning of life. Just telling you what the witch was saying. Uh, Christianity and the need for a mass spiritual reawakening. All of a sudden, this cultured witch yeah, just shows up and wants to sit down and talk and save the world. And it it made predictions about stuff, and I guess it it nearly uh it had a nearly accurate prediction of how the Civil War would uh hmm. would play out. The witch left after three weeks, promising to visit John Bell's most direct descendant in 107 years. The year would have been 1935, and the closest living direct descendant of John Bell at that time was uh, Nashville physician Dr. Charles Bailey Bell. Dr. Bell wrote a book about the witch that was published in 1934, and no follow-up to the book was ever published, and Dr. Bell died in 1945, and that's the last... That's the Bell witch, huh? That's the last we know of the witch. But, I mean, not... Well, the last of... 
the legend. I mean, that area is still considered haunted, and yeah. you can take haunted tours and go down to that cave and stuff. From what I read, the first book about this was written in 1894, you know, based on the old legends and stuff. So that was 75 years after the fact. Yeah. So, you know, it's just like the Bible, you know, written hundreds of years <laughs> later. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's all legend. Yeah, you know? right. It but is, for all of these people to have heard this and all these eyewitness accounts, it's got to be the most, you know, the mo- the or the the haunting, you know, at least in this country with the most eyewitness accounts yeah. associated to it. Yeah, I like all the quotes from the from the witch. They're just creepy. Just random stuff. Yeah. Or did this guy just make it up to sell books? But then how did he fake it for all these different people? Or I mean, because like the Johnstons got out, like everyone got out alive. Right, so that there were the actual people here, unless you you think he just made those people. I'm up saying there. it's when you write something 75 years later. Oh, I see what you mean. I mean that's like us writing a book on World War II just by word of mouth stories. Right. How accurate is that going to be? I thought you were talking that from the standpoint of John Bell was making all this up. Oh no, yeah, like no, you're talking on. much later. The Nashville uh, what, physician. Oh yeah, Doctor Charles Charles Bell. Bailey Bell. Yeah. So I did come across this show on A&E <laughs> called Cursed the Bell Witch. Yeah. And I, I guess it's about this guy who's a descendant of John Bell. Like, currently he's an ex-cop military guy. And apparently there's a further curse associated with this where the first born male of every generation, like, meets a tragic end. So he's attempting to uncover the, the, the basis of the curse because his son is 14 and he'll be subject to the curse next and... He wants to save him. Is this <laughs> it's a so reality fucking show? Ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it's these guys down in Tennessee walking around and like who shows this? It's on A and E. A and E has a lot of jackass ghosts. <laughs> ghosts. So they like they start out at Kate Bat's grave and they have like uh like you know, heat seeking infrared cameras and stuff and yeah. just oh, what was that? What was that? <laughs> And like they hear something when they're in the woods and they run back and someone broke their tail light out. It's like, oh, 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 we would have hurt someone if they were back here. Just <laughs> nonsense. But. How many episodes of this did you watch? Um, I watched a couple, like a couple minutes of some of them. I guess there's five episodes. Uh, it looks like it was about three years ago. Were they getting all aggressive with it? Like all those ghost Oh yeah, ghost shows for sure. Too? Oh yeah. I never you understood know. that about ghost shows and... Like, wouldn't you think a ghost would be more inclined to talk to you if you were being nice to it instead of, like, going in there? You know, yeah, you know, like, so hostile. Hey, come out and see me go, you know. And they found, like, this homemade voodoo thing stuck in the trees in the woods. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then they took it and went and met a witch in Nashville, and I believe she burned it and scattered the ashes. <laughs> it was just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Must-see TV. It is definitely not must-see TV. Maybe that's why there's, there's only five episodes. It wasn't picked <laughs> yeah. up for a second No season, season two. Yeah. I wonder whatever happened to the kid. Hmm, so he's probably 17. Now. He's probably dead. <laughs> By now, she got him. All right, Ian, you got anything else on uh, the Bell Witch? No, nothing on the Bell Witch. Dave, you got anything else you want to add on the Bell Witch? Uh, no. No season two of the documentary coming out on A&E. <laughs> Not sure I'm buying the Bell Witch, but it's a creepy story. Yeah. It's, I like witch stuff. Like, this was a fun story, I thought. It is really fun. Like that movie, The Witch. Did you did you like that movie? That's on Netflix, right? Or am I thinking I think it of something is a couple else? years ago? Like a family like this, like out on, yeah. a, on the frontier. Yeah, it was fucking creepy, yeah. man, with all the satanic goat shit. I love that stuff. Yeah, it's cool. I'm gonna assume, Mike, you've never seen that. I have not seen that. Okay. 
But I would watch that. It's pretty good. I would watch it. Uh, Ian, what shout outs we got? For iTunes, um, the only one I have tonight is A Chair Too Squeaky. Thank you for the awesome review. Hell yeah. Five stars. Dave, what do we got? Any uh, shout outs for the social medias? On Instagram, Heather Marsh. And on Twitter, IWRuss387. Thanks for listening. Heather is going to be stoked with that one. She was ready to go for that shout out. Nice. Yeah. Um, All right. We are on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Necronomapod. We are now on Patreon. Uh, I'm sure you guys have seen the post. We've discussed it on here. Uh, Patreon.com slash Necronomapod. Uh, Check it out. $5 a month uh, subscription. You can become a patron. You're going to get three bonus episodes uh, a, a month. You're going to get a private Discord to chat with us, discount to uh, merchandise at the Necronomapod store. Uh, what else did we say? Anything else? No. It's already quite a bargain. Yeah, mm-hmm. I couldn't remember if I, if I missed anything. I can't yeah, think of a better bargain a on the planet. <laughs> we're going to give you the, the three bonus shows, private chat room with us, uh, should you want to use it, and some discounts. I think we so, did say one lucky subscriber we would send out, Mike, to give him a room job. Oh, that too. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll just do a random drawing at some point. <laughs> So, uh, patreon.com slash Necronomapod. Check it out. We would love to have you as a subscriber and give you uh, plenty of awesome bonus content. Yeah, and thank you to everybody that's signed up so far. Yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, it's been awesome. Especially a couple that thought we deserved more than $5. Even better. My personal heroes. (laughs) All right, you guys ready for a cool-down beer? Cheers. Yep.